millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Hulkcast. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm really feeling the effects of the Premier League summer break, which has got me counting down the days until we play our annual preseason fixture against Warsaw, which, as I'm sure you boys will agree, that will convince all Villa fans worldwide that this is actually our year. Um, to help rejuvenate that football feeling, I'm joined with the ever-present Cole. How does it feel to not have the pressures of hosting this time? It's pretty good. I've never done a, a podcast in this room in the new house yet, so I'm very excited to see how the internet holds up. Um, feels like I'm on vacation since I don't have to host, but uh, I'm doing well. Sit back, relax, put your feet up and wait for me to throw you under the bus just like you've done many, many times. This is a very comfy couch too, so I'm very excited about this. And I'm also joined by my good friend Simon. How are you, Simon? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Like yourself, kind of, yeah, sort of getting that itch to want to get back to watching football now. I was saying to Cole before we started recording, when the season ended, I was I was glad that it kind of ended, like I, I was ready for the break. But now, like yourself, I, I think... Oh, I've got a ticket for that friendly against Warsaw, which I believe you do as well. So, yeah, I'm just I'm really looking forward to, to getting back out and watching Villa play again. How have you found the off season? Um, what in, what in terms of Villa, just generally, just generally, um, a bit weird. It, like, because obviously the, there should be a World Cup going on right now, <laughs> and there isn't, and it's it's just weird. So, yeah, but then I suppose you had the Euros last season when you know that that got delayed by a year so you kind of you have had our fill of international football but yeah it just it feels like we should be you know in the beer gardens watching England in the World Cup and and we're not so yeah it's it's just been like a bit of a lull because I don't really count the Nations League I, I went to the game against uh, Hungary at Molyneux and it was not fun so I, I'm not counting that as, as watching proper football so far this summer well, I mean, if anything, it should have reminded you of Villa, so it couldn't be that bad. <laughs> now, one question I am going to ask you, and it's going to lead us on to quite a big topic. Obviously, the news has been out for some time and lots of people have their own thoughts about it, which is why we're gathered here today. Have you renewed your season ticket for next season? Of course I have. I was, I was never in doubt. And are you, because you, you sit in the whole end upper, don't you? Yeah. Are you remaining in your seat? Yes, yes, same seat, uh, K4, row four, and I can't remember the seat number. All I know is I get, uh, when I'm walking along the seat, I recognise the people that I sit next to. I don't even look at the seat number anymore. I hope <laughs> someone steals your seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I haven't given out the number. <laughs> well, as you'll be, I'm sure, very glad to know I am also moving into K4, so I will be able to see your bold, shiny head as I'm looking down onto the pitch. I think I'm row 13, <laughs> actually, so you probably will get in my way at some point. <laughs> Excellent. How did the how did the season ticket price increase affect you personally? Um, it, it, it wasn't too bad for me to be honest. I mean, I, obviously, I, I think off the top of my head, it's just it was like a ten percent increase. So you know, it's, you know, it's obviously yeah, 
decent amount of money, but not nothing. It, like for, for me personally, it, it wasn't like a a major issue for myself. I know that's not the case for everyone, uh, and I'm sort of lucky in the position I'm in that I'm able to afford that and the, and, and it not be a problem. But yeah, it's um, I, I can understand why why some people um, aren't best pleased, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, of course. And myself, I was in K3, so making the move across, that was purely just for the atmosphere and also for the view of the pitch. So I I luckily wasn't affected either. Um, However, many people were with our cheapest ticket going up a massive 43%. I saw online at the time and I actually bookmarked this on Twitter because I I couldn't find it believable. But um, one fan stated that the price of his season tickets for his family, they were £730 and now he was paying £1,400 for the season, for the exact same seats, for the exact same number of people. Um, so, yeah, as you said, many people have been massively unfortunate in the prices this season and in the increase in total. And Villa have actually had the biggest price increase in the Premier League, with the highest being a £163 difference uh, for one singular ticket. Um, now, with the money that the club is bringing in and with the the lucky state we are currently in the Premier League with our owners and with everyone running the club, it seems to be that they get a lot of praise for how they do run the club and how they progress the club and how it is looked at from neutrals as a as a community club. Now, the Bayern owner in 2013, and this, this has always, always stuck out for me, and I'm going to quote this for you. He said, we could charge more than £104. Let's say we charge £300. We'd get £2 million more in income, but what's £2 million to us? In a transfer discussion, you argue about that sum for less than five minutes, but the difference between £104 and £300 is huge for the fan. We do not think the fans are like cows who you milk. Football has got to be for everybody. That's the biggest difference between us and England. And Christian Perzo came out today about the stadium expansion, which we'll, we'll touch more in detail later. And he said how he wanted Villa to be known as a community club and how he wanted to keep that stature within the game. How does it leave you feeling, Simon, about the increase it's it's a difficult one to re- to really sort of line yourself from that. It's from one point of view, you, you know, you hear that quote from the bino, and you think, well, yeah, that that does make sense. And then you look at some of the price increases, but then at the same time, I think the average cost of a season ticket at Villa is still in the like bottom half of the table compared to, in, in terms of the other Premier League clubs. So it's kind of, you, you, I don't know, you, you sort of think it's, it's, it's just the way it's, it's sort of supply and demand, isn't it? You've got to, you, you price yourself in, in how the market is. And, you know, it's, Germany and England, it's, they're not the same country, they're not the same leagues. It's, there are differences involved in that as well. And I think you, you've got to, because of the way, like financial fair plays in terms of what your revenue streams are and, and then how you can then go and spend that. You do need to bring money into the club in different ways. And a price increase is just something that unfortunately probably was always going to happen, especially if you look, I think over the last sort of 10, 15 years, 
they've been fairly consistent with the prices. Like there's not really been much of an increase over that time, as far as I'm as I can remember. And I, I think I think where the issue is is because obviously I think previously they had six different pricing categories, which which was too much. I think I think they did the right thing, streamlining that down to four different categories. Where I think the issue is the jump from what was category six to now category four, they've probably got a bit too high. And that um, uh, tweet you mentioned there earlier about the guy with the family, that's where I, I think they've probably missed the mark with that pricing structure in that, you know, for, for someone like me, uh, you know, single guy, mid-30s, I've got a decent amount of expendable, in, you know, disposable income to spend. So I'm I'm okay, but that just because I'm okay, that doesn't mean that it's right for the price increase for everyone else. You know, you've got you've got people who you know might have two, three, four children that they want to take the games. They love spending their time taking those you know their kids to the games. And we've you know in the UK at the moment, there's a severe cost of living crisis. You look at fuel prices and food prices and stuff like that, and you know I I think that's somewhere where I, I understand that there needed to be or that there was, you know, there was always going to be a price increase. But I think I, I think they, they could have they could have done they, they could have done it in a better, more sort of uh, fairer way on, on certain fan groups. But then at the same time, they'll look from a business point of view, there's 25,000 people on the waiting list. If two or 3,000 people don't, you know, can't afford to renew their season ticket with their business heads on. They'll be thinking, "Well, that's okay. We've got we've got plenty of people that will take that money." Which you know is is probably not the right way to look at it. If you want that family run club, like you were mentioning, Christian Perso was on about. So I I can see both sides of the argument. I think there's there's better middle grounds that that could and probably should have been reached. Yeah, definitely, and just. The last question I've got for you on this topic before I move over to Cole, before he falls asleep in his very comfy chair. Um, Now, obviously, the whole tend is known for where the atmosphere comes from at Villa Park. And that is mainly due to the fact that it's typically people aged between, I'd say, 16 and 30, maybe 40. Uh, Obviously, you are the exception here that (laughs) create that atmosphere and, uh, able to generate the noise now i'd say certainly the 16 to maybe 25 category in that having had a 10 percent or something increase that you said will probably find it a lot more difficult like you said due to the cost of living at the moment petrol going up etc rent as well not being cheap they will probably be affected one of the most so do you think we could see a slight change in where people are sitting and perhaps where the atmosphere comes from? Um, I suppose it's possible. I, I mean, I think, think I saw something the other day on Twitter, no, don't know how reliable it was, that there was maybe two or 3,000 people that didn't renew, but that's in the whole stadium. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I think... I think I'd I'd just expect the atmosphere to still be generated from the whole ten because that... I think that's just if if you're going to sit in the Holtons, you're going there because you you want to be sort of constantly stood up on your feet, chanting and singing all game. Um, so 
I don't know. It's, it's, it's a possibility, but I, I suspect that a lot of people sort of in that age category you mentioned, if they, I, I would imagine you'll get a good number of people that may say have just decided to sacrifice a holiday this year to continue their season. Football fandom is such a weird thing. You'll, you'll do an awful lot of sacrifice, not a lot of, an awful lot of things to go and watch your team win three or four games at home a season. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Cole, well, I hope you're still with us. I hope you're still still all right over there. Let, let's jump over from the from the depressing prices and go on to the training kit, which was released just a few days ago. Obviously, the club have moved to Castore as their new kit provider instead of Kappa, ending a three-year deal. Um and there was a big hype for the release of the training kit. Only we would release a training kit before the actual kit itself. Unbelievable. You know, I think we could still be sat here next year talking about when the release of our kit will be. We'll just end up playing in our villa pajamas or something at this rate. Um, but what do you think on it? Because a lot of the general gist online was that it was quite underwhelming. Um, obviously, a lot of it was very similar to last year. Um, however, it's it's quite hard to to really change it up. I suppose a training kit is where you'd you'd like to see a kit provider be more, let's say, adventurous, as you know they don't have to stick to the necessary stripes or colours or whatever. They could they could push the boat out a bit more, but then it's risky because obviously it will divide opinions a lot more. But there seemed to be a lot this year online that was very very similar to last year i think the only difference within the kit is that the club have moved away from the rubber badge and instead it's it's in the kit now so what were your thoughts on it when you first saw it first and foremost i'm sad to see the rubber badge go i actually really liked that i like the kind of sequence that it popped out of but um I guess probably the biggest gripe, and I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a minute or two, is probably the price, what it's went up anywhere between 5, 10, 15, if not more pounds per item. And I mean, that's a a massive gap for anybody, especially plenty of international fans that'll buy directly from the Villa Park store as well. So when you add on customs fees and shipping and all that stuff, and then another, I guess with the, the currency, we'll say another... 20 plus Canadian dollars that probably makes say a, a training shirt, probably a over a hundred dollar purchase for uh, the regular Canadian, which is just ridiculous. But in terms of design, I mean, it's kind of interesting. We're in this, I wouldn't say an era of this kind of being a special thing, but we're in this kind of time frame of where you almost have to be kind of sort of uniform with training kits because you're worrying about them selling. I feel like if you would have thought about this maybe 10 years ago, I don't know if you'd ever see anybody actually wearing a Villa training kit, to be honest, unless maybe you got one from someone you knew that was connected to the club or something like that, really. So it's kind of interesting from that perspective. It's sleek. It's simple. I mean, yeah, they could have, I don't know, maybe they could have went with like been crazy and went with like a yellow or an orange or something if they really wanted to really push the boat out there to um, maybe get a few uh, hipsters on board for a quick sale. But I mean, at the end of the day, people are still going to buy them. Um, it, it's interesting when you kind of talk about kits and training kits and prices for me, because I mean, Simon's really touched on it too, really. It's you're alienating a certain 
part of the fan base, but at the end of the day, there's still people that are going to buy it. And really, I mean, the law and kind of terminology of supply and demand is really that. So unfortunately, just kind of the, the uh, turning pattern run right now. I think as a club, we should, we should agree to ban the, cl- uh, the color yellow after the disastrous season we had in it. All I have is images of Rudy Gestead firing one past the Bournemouth keeper on the opening day of the season. And that was the only highlight of that season. Um, you mentioned prices. I mean, I'm no accountant, but suddenly I found myself reviewing prices for the whole of this episode so far. So I won't keep it, keep it too long. But I had a look and Villa's training joggers, uh, as per my old man said on Twitter, are 87.5% more expensive than the exact same product that Wolves are selling. Um, now, obviously, it's different because Wolves manufacture their items themselves, whereas Villa obviously have Fanatics and Castore, so that will obviously drive the price up. But I had a look on our website this morning, and Villa's cheapest product, adults, is £35 for a pair of shorts. Now, for a pair of plain shorts with a badge on it, can that be justified? I mean, if you're going into the Villa Park store and they hand you a nice little kind of drink or something as soon as you walk in and give you a real experience to sell you on, maybe. But um, I mean, it's and Simon's really said this, too. It's really how the world is with inflation. I mean, completely off the football terms i would have loved to pay way less for the house i'm in right now but albeit that's how it kind of uh went to be and i mean we're just kind of in this weird almost unknown holding pattern as really kind of the whole world to see what the hell is going to go on with prices and with inflation and all that kind of stuff i mean 35 pounds for shorts is absolutely ludicrous and you hope the quality is there to really support that um, I think that was a lot of people's issues with Kappa. I've had two or three things from Kappa through from Villa and have had no issues, knock on wood for that. But um, I mean, the more you charge, you have to assume that with quality. But again, now with how crazy prices are going and inflation and there doesn't really just seem to be at times really true calculations on why that and what the reasoning is really coming from, you just kind of hope and pray that it's half decent and doesn't fall apart after the first wear. But I mean, it it is one of those things too, where I I think there's a dangerous territory and we'll probably talk about this later, I would assume, or it can be touched upon, but I just want to quickly say is you're getting into this territory with at least the way I look at Villa is you're spending more money for a proof of concept and that proof of concept for Villa is on the pitch success So you better hope that on the pitch success comes very soon because I know there'll be people still supporting and buying and spending their hard-earned dollars and pounds and all that kind of stuff. But you have to kind of walk the line here. And I mean, if you see any more increases the next season or two and there isn't that kind of success on the pitch that you want, you might kind of take a little bit of a hit to your bottom dollar. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree with you there. Now, let's let's stop talking about prices and move on to something a bit more positive. Um, Villa announced recently that they will be looking to change their club crest moving forward. Um, obviously not for the 2022-23 season, but after that, and they're looking to get fans' advice. So I thought, who better to ask for advice than Simon and Cole? Because I'm sure Christian Perslow will be watching. So, Simon, I mean, there's been 
lots of links online and a lot of people who have been begging for a long time for the return of the round badge. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? If you had complete control of the design, what would be your preference? I would go for the round badge myself. I mean, uh, well, I, I was saying that. Does it remind you of your youth? <laughs> to be fair, actually, when I started going, it, it was sort of the, the version of the badge we've got now. Anyway, I was, uh, believe it or not, I'm young enough to have missed that round badge era. Um, the, uh, I mind you, though, having said all that, the, uh, the one that you sent to the group earlier, I did actually quite like the look of that. That did look, that did look pretty cool. But, um, For context, that's a um, a bit of a hit on the Mutch and Gladback badge. So a, a diamond with the 1874. I, I would get credit up, but... I don't have it to me, but I'll look for it during the episode and I will credit it at the end of the episode. Yeah, so that 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 was quite nice. But no, um, I, I, I think go back to the round badge. You know, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was the badge design that we had at the, you know, club's highest point <laughs> in the history. So, and with it also, you know, this is the, the 40th year anniversary of that. Really, if that have been on the ball <laughs> this this whole concert would have come about last summer ready for this season for that 40th anniversary but um no i i think i the general sort of vibe you get from fans online is that the return to the round badge does seem to be sort of overwhelmingly the the, the positive choice and yeah I, I would like to see that but you know don't, don't there's a few obviously there's like a few different clubs that have sort of round badges that I still want it to be unique you know there's so many badges now that that they're, they're basically just it seems like they've all just picked the same sort of base layer to, to go with and then it's just a different the, the different names of the club in the badge you know it should still have a unique element to it but with a round design that's that's what i prefer yeah uh just for context quickly it was actually stuart robertson seven on twitter so if you would like to go and have a look at what simon's talking about then head over to his twitter account cole um coming to you would you agree with simon of the round badge and that are there any specific features that you think must be included it's kind of tricky because i think there was a graph or some kind of photo that I saw the other day with the amount of clubs that have round badges now and people want something a little bit more unique so whether you drop the circle and really any kind of supporting I guess framework around the the lion and maybe kind of go solo with something unique or you go with like a a, I don't know a triangle or so I don't know whatever I, I guess kind of shape you really want to go with I think if you want to go unique maybe I don't know what is unique anymore, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But for me personally, I think a circular badge would look very nice. It's, it's neat. It's tidy. I mean, you're obviously going to have the line in there. You can throw the 1874 in there. You can throw um, the little star in there just to be hip and trendy and show that been there and done that success wise. Um, I mean, I, I guess the one thing for me is kind of the color scheme and how you maybe portray that. And I would like to see it maybe a little bit different. I've seen a few kind of go around. Actually, if I open my phone up, I can't remember exactly um, who was referencing it, but they basically had a circular badge with Aston Villa football club all the way around it. 18 on one side of the circle, 74 on the other. Um, but 
I mean, they had different color schemes, but the claret being around the outer of the badge. And I think it was just baby blue behind the line. It looked really simple, but also popped out too. So I don't know. It's something I would like. I'm pretty simple and pretty plain in terms of what I wear anyway. So maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm boring. And if you're a hipster, I do apologize. Um, I don't know why I keep bringing up hipsters, but anyways, um, <laughs> but no, I, I think something a little bit different. I mean, to kind of really bring in, I, I guess you could say a new era, something new, something fresh. You have all the developments around the stadium, which we'll talk about. I mean, why not kind of spruce things up by bringing some back of the old, mix it with the current and mix it with the new. I think if you can find some really decent blend there, it'd be really nice. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe because you haven't had the pressures of hosting that you could find all the good badges that you see online on Twitter and add them into the the header for this podcast when you put the tweet out. Maybe that could be a good idea. Um, now, for me, it's it's a di- it's a difficult one because obviously it's it's well known that the round badge is easily printable and it will make it more accessible to put on products and better for the for the club to manufacture. However, I don't like things done easy, and like you said, there's so many clubs with round badges now. I don't want that to become the norm. I think one interesting idea that I thought of was um, obviously. Wes Edens has his connections to the Milwaukee Bucks and theirs is a a very unique design with sort of a hoop with a deer coming out of it with their name underneath it. Now, maybe Villa could go along the same lines as that with the lion. Obviously, that would mean changing the lion as he'd have to face forward instead of sideways. There's definitely ways in which it could be played around there. I'm going to come to, to both of you for this. So, I've got a few questions and it will be one answer only, a yes or no answer, because otherwise we'll be here all day. Surprisingly, I found a lot of people online question whether the star was a bit plasticky, if if you know what I mean, whether having it actually showed our tradition or whether it was a bit of a mock. Now, I, I sit very amongst the fact that we should have the star. We won the European Cup and that should be something that is widely celebrated the the lack of teams in England or globally that have won it. Cole, would you have it on? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the club's biggest triumph. Why not? Um, you, you only get a star for one possible reason and that's it. So why not flaunt it? It doesn't matter if it was last year, 50 years ago, a hundred years ago. I mean, if you got it, you got to flaunt it. That was probably the longest one word answer in yes, history. I, I like know. that. That's Simon? Me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly what Carl said. Get, yeah, why, I don't see why you wouldn't want to celebrate that. Yeah, exactly. I love your one words, boys. Um, secondly, now our badge currently has AVFC on it. A lot of people have been mentioning the uniqueness of Aston Villa, how there's so many cities and towns and Uniteds, but there's only one Aston Villa. Would you have AVFC or would you try and incorporate the whole name of the football club? It's, uh, I'd, I'd like to go for the whole name. Yeah, I think it's, as you said, it, it's a unique name. It's, it's uh, as Tom Hanks described, it sounds like a lovely spa somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah, Keith, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see the whole name put in there rather than just ABFC. And Cole has been visited by Jesus, it looks like, if you could, if you could add anything. Yeah, the sunlight that's coming into this back room is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so thank God this is audio only. But uh, 
no, I, I think you spell it out perfectly. For too long, we've had AVFC on the badge, and I think it needs a little bit freshening up. It's just one of those simple things that I think can make something pop if you do it right. What's your preferred gift? Gold, myrrh, or, or frankincense? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, obviously, I'm looking at it now, and I notice such a lack of claret. The fact that that is our, our base color, I think having white yellow and and blue as our main three colors and just having claret in the background is is a mistake from villa would you have it because obviously you both would go for the round badge would you have it around claret circuit kind of and then claret in the middle with a gold badge or how would you two have it this can obviously be longer than one word um do you know i've never really thought about that i'm just looking at the badge now and now, now you pointed out it is quite strange that the only claret is in the ABFC itself. Um, yeah, about, but then I suppose it depends on on how the actual badges. You know, if you say if you had like a, a blue outline, like the the blue outlines, and then the claret of the shirt makes up the background of it. I, True. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think that, that that could be a way that you could you could incorporate sort of claret as the more dominant color in there. Yeah, I didn't think of that. It's a good job I'm not a designer because I guess if it was all claret, then it would it would blend in, wouldn't it? I've I've never really been a fan of because some clubs change the color of their badge to fit in with the shirt. So maybe that would be an option. Maybe having a black badge, you know, people cry out all the time for an all black kit. So you know, maybe we could change the color scheme there depending on kits. But I mean, you're right. I completely forgot how it had to be accessible, Cole. Uh, just get rid of all yellow. Um, it reminds me of relegation, um, as Seb's previously said. Um, to be honest, I've never really understood why the lion has been yellow. Um, it just really hasn't made sense. And maybe it's for a, kind of to make things stand out a little bit more. But I mean, for me, I think if you kind of add a little bit more clear in there, that would definitely help. Um, again, I, I think it's just kind of making things a little bit more bold and simple in a more tasteful way for especially going with a circular badge. But I mean, go with your two traditional colors. And I, I think stick with that. Uh, if you look at the old badges, to be honest, it's not even clared in blue either. So maybe I'm defeating my, my uh, kind of point of view there. It's almost like Brown and something else really. But uh, regardless of that, I, I think get rid of the yellow. Um, I don't want to think about Rudy Gestead. I don't want to think about Tim Sherwood. Um, I don't want to think about Gabby, who was passed at three probably seasons prior. So, you know, out, out with the old and in with the new. Yeah, I, I like your thinking there. Now, let's move over from the badge onto our last topic of discussion for the day, which is the stadium expansion. Now, at the time of recording, that only came out this morning, which sort of preempted us to get on a podcast because it has been so long. Now, I'm going to do something different, which again will incorporate both of your answers at once. Villa released a survey today because they've announced that they want the fans to be a part of whatever they choose to do as they're about to ask for planning permission, et cetera, et cetera. They've got all these ambitious ideas, which as a fan is so good and refreshing to see from people within your club to see how care, how much they care and how passionate they are about improving not only the club but the infrastructure and the local community around it so they released a survey and I'm going to ask you both questions and I would like the answer from strongly support somewhat support don't care or don't support 
pretty much. You've got those four choices. So if I ask the questions out now, Cole, if you'd like to go first and then Simon, Simon after. So the first question is, to what extent do you support our overall vision to redevelop Villa Park to create a world-class sporting and community venue? Um, strongly agree if that was an answer. I, I, th- I feel like I'm going to butcher and panic and forget about the answers now that I don't have them written down, but I strongly agree. Yeah, I strongly know. agree. Strongly agree as well. I, I, can, I don't know if you've ever seen even you to have seen the UK version of The Office, but I've got, to anyone listening who has this, I've got real David Brent and Big Keith vibes coming from this with, it, with those four options. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's a niche reference. Uh, second question. To what extent do you agree that the stadium redevelopment will have a positive impact on the club? I would say it's strongly agree. I mean, again, you can kind of preface that three different ways, really, on the pitch, off the pitch, and... <laughs> Maybe, I mean, I guess off, maybe it's like A and B of off the pitch, but um, I guess around the stadium and in the community as well, if it can be utilized for other things than just that, I think that's another kind of thing when you have to look at from a business perspective and kind of from a gathering perspective in the community too. So, I mean, let's be honest, the, the more they can make it a more of a um, kind of fortress, kind of a, a welcoming place for, locals and Phila fans from around the world the better yeah what, what he said <laughs> there's nothing more I can add to that oh, yes I, I think it's, yeah strongly agree again it's like I'm in an now, interview or something <laughs> <laughs> uh Simon I'm gonna ask this one to you obviously you sit in the whole tent how many years have you sat in the whole tent for oh god uh well you had hair then so <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think I think I was probably about 20 years Jesus Right. Okay. So, how would you how would you rate the choices of food and beverage and everything else inside the whole tent at the moment? It is fucking disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 honestly, the 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 catering in the whole end that there's some serious work needed, not just on the options, but on the the staff as well. But yeah, it's is really bad. And you say you know the uh, footy scrum. Uh, yes, I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> you see, you, I, I see stuff and I think, why are the Trinity Road Suns getting treated through all of this? And we've got some shite burger. Like, honestly, it's, it's so bad in the whole end. Yeah, I mean, the food inside is is really bad. And the queues as well don't justify it either. Um, you know, I refuse to leave the match at 35, 40 minutes to go and get some dry some dry food or some some drinks without a bottle lid on, which I'll spill probably on the way to my seat. Um, have you got any, anything to that you would like to add to inside the concourse of the whole tent? If it was up to you and you could have one thing that you could add, what would that be? <laughs> Better stuff. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, you know, they probably don't really want to be there and, and, and it shows like, like all joking aside, though, it is it is the they are really really bad. Like they they're so slow. It's almost like every single week they're gobsmacked that people want to drink or something to eat at half time. It's like they genuinely. It's like they're looking thinking, Jesus, where did all these people come from? Like that that is something that really needs to be improved. I remember years ago, before it was actually for quite a few years before we went down. Like just for example, to get a drink. So. They used to have um, in the concourse in the upper hole, 
a couple of like separate like beer carts. And there was there was hardly ever a queue for them. Like you could you, you could only get I think it was bottles of Carlsberg at the time. And uh, God knows why they stopped doing that because that that massively reduced queues because you get some people that wanted to full pint. Some people are happy to just get a bottle. And you it, they, there was it's only really the last sort of three or four years that. I think it's got really, really bad at halftime there. It was never as bad as it has been in, in recent years. Yeah, and and one thing that sticks out for me is how good the choices are outside of the ground, which completely baffles me. I don't know whether you've ever you've ever taken a wander down, but just by the, the car park, the players' car park, we have all these amazing stalls, burgers, hot dogs. You know, we now have chicken wings, which is a personal favourite of mine, curries, the list is endless. And to think that that's all outside of the ground is completely baffling to me. If they had that inside the ground, it would completely change things for for the better. Have you ever taken a wander down outside? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have seen, you know, that, that and I'm, I'm totally with you. you. You sort of think, you know, why would you have this level of uh, sort of catering and, and options available outside the grounds yet? Yeah inside there's there's really such a limited you know amount of stuff uh, available so yeah i don't really understand that and you kind of you also think as well you look at the size of the sort of car park around the whole end they could do a lot more with that as well like they they, they could really do an awful lot more with that space in, in terms of you know with the catering options and things like that so yeah i think um i i think there's there's quite a bit of work to be done I am really glad you mentioned that car park because Christian Perslow specifically talked about that today and the North Stand and the plans to re-energise it. So the plans seem to be that he wanted to obviously push the North Stand back and then to have almost a villa way, if you like. He was talking about loads of entertainment options that would allow fans with tickets and also without tickets to attend the fans without tickets would be able to watch the game in there. Um, it sounded a bit like a box park, and I don't know if any of you listeners have ever been to a Wembley box park, but yeah. it is part of the experience of going to Wembley for me. You have loads of fans in there. You have entertainment, you have music, you have games that you can play, and it makes the match day experience that much better. And I think if Villa introduced that with the name of Villa Way, etc., I think that could revolutionize not only the experience people have on match day but also the offers that it gave to people who maybe couldn't afford tickets like we were talking about to go and enjoy with other villa fans and with friends and family and to watch the game also it would improve travel because i know many people who have been stuck in hour-long queues waiting for the train. He also talked about that, how he wanted to make sure that it was accessible for the community and as well for people who did get the train, having a slip from the station down to Villa Way to make it that much easier for everyone. Um, And I, I saw that as almost the main point of what he said and as such a good idea that it could offer people a different type of experience maybe. But the main thing I took out of it is that he mentioned away days as well and that they would show matches in there for people who can't afford tickets. Now, obviously, there's a joke going around online about the same people, the same old faces, if you like, that get away tickets. And a lot of people feel disgruntled by that, how 
it should be offered to a wider range. Now, I'm firmly in the camp of if you follow the team that much, then you deserve to get priority of tickets. But obviously, with the with the low amount that are sold for away games, then you know there are always going to be people that miss out. However, if you show that to people in Villa Way, it just brings such a wider range of opportunities for people to get into Villa in the first place. And it also hints towards the future of football broadcasting, which I found really interesting um, as more will be available to watch legally over the next few years, I imagine. And Villa showing that will stop illegal streams and will stop people from going to the place that we're playing and just watching it in a bar. And it will be so much safer for everyone involved. How would you feel if they introduced something like a Villa Way, Simon? I think it'd be brilliant. I, I really do. I mean, you, you mentioned Box Park. I've, I've, I haven't been there for Villa games, but a couple of England games that I've gone to in the last year. But we've, I've been to, you know, done Box Park beforehand, and it is really good. So like there, you know, you, there's there's loads of space available. So you know, you can get plenty of people in there. There's loads of food options in there. There's loads of drink options. So something like that, I think it would it'd be it'd be great. It's a great revenue stream for the club as well. Um, but it's it it would be like a, a good place to to go pre-match and then to go after the game as well and sort of to build the atmosphere, you know, because it's so because the proposed plans are seemingly in that sort of car park behind the north side, which is a huge area. So to have something like that, literally right next door to the ground, it already starts to build the atmosphere in there. And then, as you mentioned, with the transport links as well. You know that that's going to take time to improve. There's, you know, there's only th- those two stations, Witten and Aston, nearby. So there's there's only so much you can do with that. But if you've got somewhere like you said, sort of safe and easily accessible to go to, you'd be more likely to maybe get there a bit earlier, so that sort of eases the pressure of so many people arriving at the same time. But also, stay later. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, staying on later, you know, if, if things are improving on the pitch, as we all hope they will as well over the next few years, you're more likely to want to, to celebrate, so, you know, after a win or, or, you know, if it's just somewhere good and fun to go. And there's something like it's family friendly as well. I think you need to have that mix of, you know, being able to create a good atmosphere, but you've got, but it's, it would have to be something that you would want to, bring you know your young kids to and and to you know make a whole day of it and so yeah I I was um I was I was really pleased when, when I saw that and listened to uh the interview today on the Villa website I, yeah I think it's a really really good idea. Cole have you got anything more to add about Perslow's innovations that he mentioned today or the proposed plans at all? Um I think maybe the best way to wrap it up is probably to say it's about time something was done and plans were laid and I'm not giving any kind of criticism to Perslow and the ownership team. I think it's just kind of shows of ownership's past that maybe just focused on the attempts for on the pitch success and maybe kind of didn't really pay too much attention to the really needs off the pitch. Really. I mean, you look at something like a box park, I mean, it's really a no brainer concept and, Am I right in saying that we'd probably be the only football club aside from obviously the the one in London and an association an association with Wembley is what I'm trying to say um, that would really have that? Am I being correct in saying that? Off the top of my head, I th- I think you're probably right. I mean, 
if you're not i'm sure we'll be made known about it but well, i can't yeah like if that's the case and even so if you're a select few i mean it's something unique and yeah exactly it's about bringing people together and, and like you guys have said and i know simon said at the start I mean, the prices to see matches are obviously are alienating certain people. And Seb, you gave an example earlier, but I mean, uh, although it's not maybe the best way and you'd rather be live at the match, I mean, it's one way to bring different people in. And I mean, for everything that people have been through, through COVID, this is another way for people to connect. So, I mean, it's probably no better time than now to make an announcement like that. Now, last of all, before I before I wrap it up, obviously it is one minute to midnight, so we should probably get going for, for me and Simon's sake. But the last thing I'd like to touch on is, obviously we're increasing our capacity from 42,000 to above 50,000, um, which I think is a great idea. Obviously the North Stand will be most of that. How would you both feel about the corners being added in? Because for me having four separate stands is something unique and is something I would really like to to keep within our ground. And it's something that I think gives it that old feel, but not outdated, if you know what I mean. It still feels modern, but it's respected amongst the way fans. I think that's a lot of what they comment on and how prestigious Villa Park is is made to feel once you're inside it. Now, Obviously, if you're going to increase the capacity, filling in the corners is an easy way of doing so. But you have so many modern grounds now that resemble the bowl-like structure. How would how would you two feel about it? Well, I think from what I've read, that the plan was just for the North Stand and the Trinity Roads to join up. There's nothing about it, the the corner with that Doug Ellis being again. So if that's the case. I would, I would, I'd be happy enough with that because I think then you still you leave that gap between the uh, the home end and the away fans as well, which I think is is a good thing to help sort of generate a better atmosphere. To be honest, as well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not dead against that. I, I definitely like you. Know, I wouldn't want the whole stadium to be all four corners filled in. It's, it's certainly not the whole end, and that that should always remain as you know its own stands. But I. I think, yeah, the, if it's just the one corner and it's that one of the Trinity Roads and uh, the North Sand, because I think I read as well that they're looking at the the players' tunnel would be moved right right into the corner as well. So there's because there's need to be work. I think there's work that they're looking to to the Trinity Road as well. So I suppose it would make sense to combine them two together. But as long as that was the only sort of thing that they were looking to do with that, then then yeah, I. I'm I'm fairly happy with that. I guess one way to really look at it with the corners is, I mean, if you do a few like Simon referenced, I think it keeps it a little bit more tasteful still. You're not getting that kind of bowl like feeling. And yes, it is a modern thing. And I've seen some people, especially online kind of say that they'd much prefer that, but you also kind of want to keep some of that uniqueness too. So, I mean, if you're kind of pleasing at least part of the fan base by keeping it somewhat original while maybe being able to add a bit more revenue and maybe that benefits the club in certain other ways, I guess I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, as long as it doesn't really take away from the atmosphere or make it any worse or kind of, I guess, construct any views in terms of how they fill it in. And if it's really not that kind of quality of a seating area from a viewing and spectator perspective, but as long as, 
I'm sure they've probably taken really good consideration into that. So maybe I shouldn't even say that, but regardless, I think keep it tasteful, keep it simple. And yeah, no bowls for me, no toilet bowls. We don't need to, we don't need a further mess on our hands with that. (laughs) I like that. I like that. And I think that's a good place to wrap it up actually, because I think we need to go to bed. Um, Thank you both for joining me. Obviously it must be slightly different for you having to hear my voice uh, more than you hear Cole's. Um, I guess Cole, I hope you've enjoyed being able to sit back and relax a bit more than you usually do. Um, Simon, I hope to see you down Villa Park soon. If you're anything like me, then you'll be itching to be back. And Cole, I hope that at some point this season, we will be able to to join you and maybe bring a Hulkcast episode from outside the ground or maybe even inside the ground if if we're all lucky enough. Obviously, Tom and Dan, we, we hope to see you soon down at Villa Park as well. Um, thank you for watching the Hulkcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, then you can do that, which is 7500 to Hulk, 7500 to Hulk. Thank you for watching and up the Villa. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.